Praise the Lord. We're going to release our children to their Sunday school classrooms, and we want to thank all of our teachers for all of your sacrifice. Where would we be without children's ministries? Come on. How many, how many say thank God for children's ministries? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 28, and uh, we're going to have a great time in the, in the, in the, in the house of the Lord today. Uh, we've been spending the first part of this year, and if you've been here at all for, during, our, during, during these messages, we've been talking about next. We've been talking about future. We've been talking about dreaming. I don't know about you, but I, something about talking about the future stirs me up a little bit. It just it, it, it stirs me up, and, and we've been talking about what's next not only for our church, but we're also talking about what's next for you. And, and, and the idea is you have permission to dream. That, that we're giving you permission to, to think about your destiny and, and your future and dreaming again and living with vision. And last week we all came to the front and we said, Lord, we want to see. Come on. We want to see what you have next for our lives. And the truth is this, is that when God's moving a, a, amongst a group of people, those people won't spend their time talking about the past. Because when God's moving amongst a group of people, they'll be obsessed with the future. They'll be dreaming dreams. They'll be living prophetically. They'll, they'll be experiencing vision for their life. And so this morning is the last in our series, next. And I, what I wanted to do today is kind of segue and kind of transition into what we're gonna be going into beginning next week. We're gonna be starting a brand new series next week called Locked In. And you're like, I'm not coming. I'm not coming. I'm done with locked in. I'm done with isolation. I'm done, I'm done with all of that stuff. But let me just kind of tell you what this is all about. Now, the devil, his, his strategy is to lock you in. He wants to lock you into isolation. He wants to lock you out of community. But what we're going to do is we're going to get locked in on community. We're going to get focused on what God has for us to do. And it's never alone. I'm done having church alone. I had to do it for a while. I had to preach right here with an empty building. Nobody in the building. It was miserable because the church was never meant to be experienced alone. It was meant to be experienced in community. We can come. Aren't you great? Thank God it's Sunday. We can go to the house of the Lord. Amen. We can dream big dreams. So we don't have to be locked into isolation. We can be locked into relationship. Aren't you glad you walk in the house, Lord, you're locked into friendships. You're, you're locked into relationships. You're locked into a commitment that you've made to God. Psalm 122 says this, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. It doesn't say let me go to the house of the Lord. It said let us go. It was never meant to be experienced alone. It was meant to be experienced together. Come on, together. Let us go to the house of the Lord. Thank God it's Sunday. Come on, tell your neighbor this morning. Say, Thank God it's Sunday. Come on, thank God. And so our assignment as a church, as the leadership of our church, our assignment is that everybody in Orange County, I'm, talking, I'm not talking about people that go to our church, I'm talking our assignment is that everybody in Orange County wakes up and says, what day is today? Thank God it's Sunday. Thank God it's Sunday because I can go to the house of the Lord. We've been beat up. Come on. We've been beat down. We've been knocked down. We've been pushed around all week long by circumstances, by life itself, by challenges, by difficulty. And this is the day. Come on. Sunday is the day that we get to go to the house of the Lord. Thank God it's Sunday. Somebody say it. Thank God it's Sunday. We get to walk into an atmosphere of praise and worship. Come on. We get to we can get to encounter the presence of God. We get to encounter, is this place, this is none other than the house of God, this is the gate of heaven. And he rose early 
and took the stone that he put at his head, he set it up as a pillar and poured oil on it, and he called the name of that place Bethel. Bethel. Bethel means the house of God. Come on, the house of God. But the name of that city had been Luz, which actually means the house of nuts. Sometimes you walk in church, you can't tell the difference. Is this a house of God or is this the house of nuts? Anyways, verse 20. Then Jacob made a vow and said, if God's with me, and if he keeps me in this way that I'm going and give me bread to eat and clothes to put on so that I can come back to my father's house in peace, then he shall be my God. And this stone which I've set up shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. So when you walk into the house of God, when you come into this place, what I'm talking about is the church. When you come into the house of God, you'll find that so, so much of your life, so many things in your life will begin to kind of make sense. Things will begin to kind of line up because the house of God is a place where your human existence, it it collides with divine destiny. That's what the house of God is. And in this text, we get a snapshot of exactly what God intended for the church to be. We get a picture of, or a prototype of the church. Here's Jacob, he's discovered the house of God and there's several things that you'll always find in God's house. And I think we can see a lot of that right here in this text. And and here's the thing you gotta know about God is God's always been looking forward to the church. He, he, from the beginning of time, God has been anticipating the bride of Christ. He's he's been making plans, he's been scheming what the church would do and, and what it would be about. And I think we can learn a lot of that from this text. The first thing that I think we see, and you can write this down or maybe take notes in, in, in the Elevate app this morning, and I'm gonna go fast and furious. Uh, the first half of this sermon, I'm gonna spend a little bit of time, the last half, we're just gonna, we're gonna, just, we're gonna be, shiring, be firing shots, okay? So the first, first thing you'll see about the church is it's a place of certainty. It's a place of certainty. The Bible says in our text that Jacob came to a certain place. You know, a lot of times you read that and you think, well, uh, you know, it's just like, it seems like it's just like an ambiguous place. It's just like, you know, it could be anywhere. That he just kind of showed up and, oh, this is a certain place. But really, that's not what it's saying there. This would have been a familiar place. It would have been a sacred place. It would have been a place that, that people would know about. And so he showed up at this place. This is a known place. He'd probably visited it before. Maybe he went on a camping trip with his dad and he spent the night here before. It was a certain place. And because he was familiar with it, it was, it was easy for him to stop there for the night. Okay, he's on the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the go here. And so in his life, with all the confusion that surrounds us and all the confusion surrounding Jacob, all the ups and downs that we experience, all of the conspiracy theories going on, all of the philosophies and opinions and the culture that changes around us, it's so refreshing to come to a certain place. It's so ref- refreshing to come to a place of certainty. And the thing that you need to know about God is God does not change. Jacqueline said it earlier today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the rock. Somebody say amen. He's the anchor. He's our firm foundation. David said it like this in Psalm 18. He said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. He's my God, my strength in whom I trust. He's my shield, the horn of my salvation. He's my stronghold. The thing that you need to understand is that kingdoms civilizations, they're gonna fall, all right? But God's word has continued to endure. It stood the test of time. And the one thing that emerges when all the dust settles, 
How many know there's a lot of dust flying around sometimes? How many know we kick up a lot of dust sometimes? The one thing that comes out standing in the end of it all is the Word of God. And so when you build your life on the Word of God, it's not shifting sand. Can I hear somebody say amen today? It's immovable. It's immutable. It, it's a rock. It's an unshakable foundation. The winds can blow. The rains can, can, can fall. Floods can come. But it doesn't matter because whoever builds his life on the word of God will endure. Somebody say amen. You, you can lay your life down in a place of certainty. Scott, you got to understand this. You, you can lay your life down in a place of certainty. Matthew 24, Jesus said, heaven and earth can pass away but my word will endure forever. It'll endure, the house of God is a place of certainty. Thank God it's Sunday, because I can go to a certain place. I, can, I get to go to a certain place, because when I take his word in, when I take God's word in, and I remove everything that's contrary to it, why would I, why would I listen to anything contrary to the word of God? Why, why would I listen to the opinion of a man? who's here today and gone tomorrow, has a temporal, temporal uh, opinion. Why would, re, why would I replace God's eternal words with the ideas of a man who has such small and finite understanding compared to God, who sees the end from the beginning? Come on, he, he's, a, he's a God that lives outside of time. He speaks about the future in past tense. That's the God that we serve. And so when I build my life on the word of God, I'm building it on a sure foundation. It's a certain foundation. I can trust it. I can count on it. But, but in any area, I shun the word of God. I've created all kinds of problems for my life. It's brought all kinds of devastation. It's brought all kinds of harm. Thank God it's Sunday. I can go to the house of God, a certain place, a place of certainty. There's certainty in the house of God. Somebody say amen today. You know, I love seeing people get married. I just had the opportunity to marry Jose and Catherine just, 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 a, just a short time ago, man. Just a, I, I had the opportunity to marry them. What a, what a tremendous thing that was to see people, young people, get married. I, we have a young couple in our church, 19 years old, 18 years old. They've been married. Their name is Isaiah and Kayla. They're just teenagers, Getting married, all right? We, we hear about Noah. He's, he's proposed to Hannah, and, and, and they're going to be getting married pretty soon. And we've got a couple's dinner, and so many people are excited and signing up and wanting to, to be a part of it. And, 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 and this is a sign of a healthy church. It's a sign of a, let me tell you why. Because in an age of divorce, where 50% of marriages are ending in divorce, there's so much uncertainty in marriage. Why would people do it? It's, it's a roll of the dice if you'll even stay together or you'll stay in love. There's so much uncertainty. And many young people, they've, they've grown up, and there's uncertainty when it comes to the family. There's uncertainty when it comes to marriage. And there's so many people that have, so many young people have grown up with wounds because mom and dad couldn't figure it out. So many have decided we're not getting married. Let's just live together. There's no commitment. But then they come into the house of God. The house of God's a certain place. There's certainty in the house of the Lord. They walk in the house of God and they see Pastor Carl and Sister Bonnie celebrating 50 years of marriage this July, all right? 
They come in, they see, they see Gary and Susan Pike, 44 years of celebrating this, this week. And then they, they see Carrie and I, we've been married for 27 years, and Ted and Lana, and Danny and Zio, and Luis and April, and Bryn and Cindy. And, and regardless of what stage in life you wanna, we wanna examine, whether you're looking at people in their 70s, or you're looking at people in their 60s, or you're looking for some people in their 50s, or 40s, or 30s, or 20s, you can look as a young person and you see a pathway of certainty that no matter what area and what time of life, you You've got role models and examples that have stood the test of time and now someone who's who's only known uncertainty they walk into the house of God and there's certainty there's certainty they can see where someone can be 19 or 20 years old and say you know what I want to get married because I have an example there's a trajectory that I can follow there's leadership that I can pattern my life after you can serve God and you can do life and you can do it together you can get married and follow the will of God for your life you know there's always been something I've hated, and maybe you've heard this, I've, I've heard it, I've been in church a long time, and uh, there's always been something that's been said that I've always kind of hated, and it's this whole idea of balance. Balance. So, you know, they'll, they'll come and they'll teach this whole idea that, you know, hey, God is first. I, I agree with that. How many would agree that God should be first? Like, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to, to figure that out. Like, seek first the kingdom of God. Like, that's, that's like first things first, all right? God is first. So we understand that. So, so Adam, Adam, God is first. Family is second. And then a lot of daylight, then ministry. You gotta make sure you have balance. Balance in your life. God, family, ministry. God, don't get it out of order. Don't get it out of, out of whack. It's gonna mess up your, it's almost like, it's almost like, like, like God didn't think it through. So you didn't think it through, like, you know, you know, Gabriel, I, you know, I really want, you know, I really want, I want my people to, to serve me in, in my house, but, but uh, you know, I didn't think it through because if they're not careful, it could destroy their lives and destroy their family and destroy their marriage. I, it's almost like the greatest thing that, that, that people could do is make sure there's a, there's a very clear line between marriage, God, marriage, family, and ministry. I'm here today to tell you that nothing could be further from the truth. Because the greatest thing for my marriage and my kids and our family has been serving in the house of God. It's a certain place, all right? When you serve in the house of God, you're serving in something that will last and stand the test of time. Now, obviously, you can overdo it. You can overdo anything. You can overdo it at the gym. I found that out many times. I'm going to do heavy squats today, and I'm going to pay for it for the next four days. I, I won't even be able to walk out of bed. I'm just, oh, why? I overdid it. Some of you don't understand that, that example because you've never done that. But so, so we'll, maybe it's Krispy Kremes. You can overdo it with Krispy Kremes, same way. You're looking at the menu, you're like, I could get one, but for $2 more, I can get 12. A dream. Now, I want you to remember what's going on in Jacob's life. Jacob's literally lost everything that he's known. I mean, he's at a place of life he's never been. And, and the reason is, is because he stole his brother's birthright. I didn't even know you could do that. He stole it. I was born first. Well, no, you won't. And it doesn't, just, it doesn't end there because not only is he having babies, his babies are having babies. And their babies are having babies. And all of a sudden, he has this reassuring uh, dream and future that's being downloaded inside of him. And, and God begins to tell him, you're going to return back to this place. I'm gonna bring you back in peace. 
You're going to return to your father's land. And so here, while Jacob's resting, he's also awakening to the bright future ahead. He, he's awakened to the fact that no weapon formed against me will prosper. He's being awakened that, thank God it's Sunday. I can come to the house of the Lord, and dreams can become alive inside of me. Aren't you grateful for the dream that God places in your life? Matthew 11 says, come to me. All of you who labor and are and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Aren't you grateful that we can come to a place, Jesus invites us to a place where he gives us rest, and we can come to the house of God, and we can understand that there's a power that's, that's flowing toward us. There's protection that, that's surrounding us, and it's there to keep us safe. It's, it's there to bring us out and to prosper us and to do us good. But while he's sleeping, while he's resting, there's an awakening on the inside that I can go, I can go and receive rest, but I also can, can, can awaken to possibilities. So there he is, he's resting. When we come to the house of the Lord, we also come and rest. What are we resting in? We're resting in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Now when I stand before God, I don't have to try to present all my merits. Hey, God, this is all the stuff I did, all my good deeds. I'm trying to throw them all up there. Thank God that I don't have to weigh my good deeds against my bad deeds and see which one, what, which one levels out and, and, and see where I end up. I don't have to hope that my good outweighs my bad. Aren't you grateful for that? I know I'm going to heaven, not because of what I did, but because Jesus hung on the cross. And when Jesus hung on the cross and said, it is finished, what, is he, what was he saying? He's saying the hard work is over. You don't have to do anything, Adam. All you gotta do is come and rest in what I've already done. Jesus lived a perfect life and died a criminal's death. Why? Because I was a criminal. You were a criminal. You were a sinner. You violated God's laws. I'm a traitor to the kingdom of heaven. I'm a, I'm a sinner. But when Jesus hung on that cross, there was an exchange that took place that time. He took my sin upon himself and gave me his righteousness. And so now I can rest in the finished work of Jesus. So when I come into the house of the Lord, I don't got to do all this stuff. I don't got to hail Mary's and throw around a bunch of beads. I don't have to nail, kneel down at a particular time, give a particular amount of money. When I come to the house of the Lord, I get to come here and rest. I don't have to think about all the things, all the areas I've messed up, all the ways I fall short. I can come into the house of the Lord and not worry about any of that stuff. I can rest in the finished work of Jesus. And because I don't have to worry about that stuff, I can dream. I get to dream. I don't have to think about anything else. Albert Einstein said this. He said, your imagination is your preview for life's coming attractions. So you were created by God and given an imagination. Aren't you grateful for that? What does Satan try to do? He tries to hijack that. He tries to hijack our imaginations. He knows that if he can reprogram our minds, he can redirect our destiny. But when you come to the house of God, you're not left to your own imaginations. But instead, we get, to, we, get to, we get a message of faith. You see, Satan plants inside of our brain, he plants inside of our imaginations that something we can't see will happen. But when I come into the house of the Lord, I get a message of faith which is so different from fear because faith is believing something I can't see will happen. And so when I come to the house of the Lord, I'm making the decision, I'm gonna walk by faith. The scripture says that the just shall live 
by faith. Amen. The Bible says that when we come together, we are the household of faith. Jesus said without faith, it's impossible to please God. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Thank God it's Sunday because I get to go to the house of the Lord and I get to hear a message of faith because fear has been trying to torment me. It's been trying to steal my peace. It's been trying to steal my joy. It's been trying to steal my possessions. But God God hasn't given me a spirit of fear. So come, let us go to the house of the Lord where we can hear a word of faith. I need some faith. How about you? Come on, how many need some faith this morning? Come on, I need some faith that something I can't see is about to happen. Some of you need some faith this morning. Some of you, some of you need to get some faith that I can buy a house right here in Orange County. And some of you, when I say that, it takes you off. That's the devil ticking you off. Because what I'm, I'm trying to do is plant a message of faith inside of you that this tumor is gonna disappear in the name of Jesus. That we're gonna get pregnant and we're gonna have a baby. That I'm gonna find me a man. I'm gonna find me a woman and we're gonna get married and we're gonna start a family. That, that God's gonna unfold his plan, his vision, his dream for my life. Breakthrough is gonna be my portion. We need faith, somebody. Come on, we need faith in our lives, amen. You see, when you come into the house of the Lord, all of a sudden you become aware that there's another dimension going on, that there's a supernatural dimension, and you get to dream the dreams that God wants you to dream. I remember dreaming that one day our church would produce its own sound of music. At the time I was having that dream, I was the worship leader. Why are you laughing? <laughs> Why is that funny? It's just a fact, all right? I'm dreaming this dream that one day our, our church would produce its own sound of worship, and I always expected the dream to include me on the cover. All right? Tons of great pictures of me leading worship, by the way. Tons of them. I, I, I expected the dream to include me, but now I sit back, and I come to church, and I worship along with our team to original songs that they've written. And it's like, I gotta pinch myself sometimes. Like these people are from our church. Like that's my son right there. There was a time when all he cared about was chicken nuggets. It's true. I look around, I look over here. You got Luke over here. This is a kid that I bribed. He used to have this long flowing, very, I mean females would get jealous of the hair this, that was on this kid's head. And uh, he's just a little kid, and I'm like, look, I'm going to shave that head so bad. I, I, I dreamed about it. I said, Luke, if you, I'll let you spend the night at my house if, if you let me shave your head. He's like, okay. And so I just had so much fun just, just, just wondering what his mom would think when she saw his, his bald head coming around as I shaved his head. And today, I mean, he's over here shredding on the guitar. He's producing this music that, 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 that's, that's being put out. It's just amazing. I look back at Hazel. Like, like Hazel was like the quietest Sunday school girl, you know, ever existed, super nice, friendly, but wouldn't say a word. And today she's back there, she's got her beanie on, leaning back, playing the bass. I'm like, what the heck? It's incredible. I, I, I just can't believe it. Now, you know, these, these, are, these are volunteers, but they act like paid professionals. I mean, that, that's, what's, that's, what, that's what's going on. It, it, it's amazing. I, I think to myself, sometimes I look around, I think, God, what a church. What a place. 
What an amazing place. I, I love, I love this morning we had the opportunity to see Jacqueline come up and, and give a message of faith and encouragement, her testimony. I mean, wasn't it great to hear what she had to say? But I remember, I remember I was just a youth pastor when she came to our church. First time I ever had an encounter with Jacqueline was up on a mountain retreat. Her parents sent her on and, and uh, we were having this amazing snowball fight. And uh, one, of the, one of the young men in our, in, in our group, you know, he nailed me, pummeled me with a snowball. I'm thinking, I'm gonna get this guy back. I was waiting for the right time. And so I got this snowball and I'm packing it tight you know I'm, I'm hiding behind a barricade I'm packing this thing tight slipping some rocks into it you know what I mean packing it tight and I'm looking I'm waiting for my moment I get up and I, I mean I've got a strong arm I'll be honest with you I was I wanted to take this kid out like I want him to remember for the rest of his life the snowball that he got from his youth pastor and I let this thing go and right about that time Jacqueline first time she was ever there she stood up and with her glasses on and hit her that snowball just pummeled her right between the eyes glasses flying everywhere and I'm like hi I'm Adam I'm your youth pastor. I didn't know if I'd ever see her again. I mean, but today, I mean, you, see, you hear the words that come out of her mouth and you listen to her sing. I mean, she's been able to experience the dreams of her life. And then you got her husband, Eddie. I mean, Eddie, Eddie came into, into the house and, and he, he married way out of his league. We had, none of us have any idea how in the world he ended up marrying Jacqueline. Like, people are like, what the heck? How did that happen? Anyways, it's a dream that came true in Eddie's life right here in the house of God. And, and he put a camera around his hand. He started taking pictures and he just started developing a dream. God put a dream in his heart that he could have a photography business and he started taking pictures in the church and today he's got a full-blown business he hires people from our church to work alongside him as they do weddings and it's a dream that came that came true in his life I, I love seeing Alex and Betty and starting a business and the, 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 the entrepreneurship that's inside of them as they as they go out there and start a business and I look around and I see the leadership of Joe and Eloisa and Danny and Zio and Luis and April and Ted and Lana at the Fullerton campus and Stephen and Monique and I just go man look at the leadership the, the power that that's in this room I think about Scott and Kristen and their, their heart for generosity it just blows my mind I think of Johnny and Jen and IJ and Nemi and their hospitality just oozes out of them and and, and you're, you're thinking Adam are you ever gonna talk about me well you're awesome too you're amazing who would have ever known the great gifts that are a part of your life I think about Julie Robles who works with our kids and the heart for young people just rolls out of here and here's the thing I love our team, but it was all just a dream at one point. It was just, it was just a dream. And I look around, I kind of pinch myself at all these fantastic people. Unbelievable talent that fills this place, the giftings, and, and literally regardless of where you sit in the church, regardless of which direction that you look, you're gonna find people that have the gift of God working inside of their life. And it's so awesome that you can come into the house of the Lord and you can rest. You can rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ, but you can also dream what God could do with you and how God could use your talent. Thank God it's Sunday. I can come and rest in the presence of God and dream big dreams for the kingdom of God. Somebody say amen. I was really expecting that applause just continue on for like 20 seconds. That was so good. Amen. Praise the Lord. Place of certainty. Place where you can rest and dream, but you know what else it is? It's a place of access. It's where, it's where the impossible is possible. It's where you can access the supernatural from a natural place. Verse 12, the Bible says that a ladder, this is Jacob, he's in the house of the Lord, and a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached the heaven, and there the angels of God were sending and descending on it. What does a ladder do? 
A ladder helps me reach things I can't reach on my own. That's what a ladder does. It, it helps me get to places I never would be able to get to on my own. So Jacob falls asleep. And while he's resting, he sees a ladder. And the ladder, where's it going? It's ascending up to heaven. What does that represent? We've been given access to heaven. We've been, been given access to the presence of God. When you come to the house of the Lord, this is a place of access. Where we can access heavenly things right here. We're, here, we're, we're at that presence of God. We can, there's a ladder set up where we can step into the presence of the Lord. That we can ascend to places we never could ascend on our own. Isaiah 55. It reminds us that my thoughts are not your thoughts, says God. Your ways aren't my ways, declares the Lord. The heavens, they're higher than the earth, and my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And when you read a scripture like that, you feel like there's, you can't ever measure up, right? You read a scripture like that, and you think, man, you know, God is so much, his thoughts are so much higher, I'll never be able to attain that. I'll never be able to have that, but do you know that when you come into the house of the Lord, and when you come to Christ, you now have access to the mind of Christ. Come on, you have access to wisdom that's beyond your age. You have access to, to, to wisdom beyond your experience, beyond your understanding, beyond your education. Knowledge and education doesn't equal wisdom. How I many you know that? I know a lot of people that were really educated that are very dumb. But there's a spirit of wisdom that comes from God and there's a ladder where you can access wisdom right here in the house of the Lord. The Bible says in James 1.5, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. Wisdom is from God and it's the ability to know what to do in any situation. And you have access to that. Isn't that amazing? Don't you find that incredible? We have access to the mind of God. There, there, there's been so many times in my life, you know, I'm not like, I'm not like a super experienced, I don't have all of the answers, and there, oftentimes people will come to me and say, hey, you know, Adam, what would you do? And they're, they're talking to me about maybe, maybe their business, or they're talking to me about their family, or talking to me about situations, complex situations in their life, and they're saying, hey, what would you do? And I'm thinking to myself, why are you asking me? I don't know, that's what I'm thinking. But because they're asking me, I feel like obligated to give them an answer, you know what I mean? So I'm like, well, um, you know what I would do? And I just begin to start talking. And as I'm talking, I'm thinking, you are so brilliant. I'm listening to the words just flying out of my mouth. I'm thinking, that's amazing, so smart. Let me take some notes, write that down, that's amazing. Listen, I don't have the answers. I don't have the experience, but sometimes you, there's a ladder that God's placed in my path that gives me access to the mind of Christ and in, in, in things that I would not have any idea of what to do, God gives me the ability to know in any circumstance what to do. Amen. It happens while I'm preaching. Amen. Like something will just pop in my head. You guys have experienced it, both the good and the bad, all right? <laughs> I have to learn to discern, is this God or is this me, okay? But there's sometimes I'll, something will pop into my head like flames on a hot rod. And all of a sudden, the, the, you can just feel the presence of God strike the entire con congregation. Where did that come from? I don't know. It's a wisdom. It's a ladder that I've accessed to the presence of God. So when you come into the house of God, there's a ladder that's set up. And it's giving you access to God himself. There's a supernatural dimension God wants to usher you into. Can somebody say amen? Supernatural accessing the natural. Amen. It's a place of access. You know what else it is? It's a place of awareness. 
The house of God is a place of awareness. Verse 16, Jacob woke from his sleep. Talking about being woke. Jacob woke from his sleep and said, look what he said. He said, surely, surely the Lord is in this place. I didn't even know it. You know, a lot of times we can come to the house of God and we just, we just kind of come in, you know? Because this is what we do. We come to church on Sunday. We just kind of walk in the house and we high five in. We're drinking Foster's cold brew. I mean, we're, we're, we're fellowshipping, talking about everything else and all the things going on in our life and, and all this stuff. But we come into the house of the Lord, we leave here, and sometimes we leave and we're completely unaware of what God's doing on the inside of our heart. That there's something about being in the house of God that, that God, even while you're resting, and sometimes you just come to the house of the Lord, you just need to rest. You just need to rest. But I want to tell you something, while you're resting, God is working. He's working. He's doing something on the inside of your mind. He's doing something on the inside of your heart. He's healing relationships. He's mending uh, past circumstances, past things that you've gone through. Sometimes you don't even, you're not even aware, but you look back over your life and you think, man, God, you've brought me so far. You heard Jacqueline kind of sharing about it today. Like, I lost my job and, 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 and there was all kinds of heartache. I know because I had a lot of conversations with her. She's like, well, I don't, well how could God do this? How could, how could I go, why am I going, why me? All these things, we all have that. But here we are, months later, and she's looking back, and all the while, God was working on her behalf. God was working in her favor. Now she looks back, and it's a day of awareness. She's in the house of God, she's looking, look what the Lord has done. The whole time I was struggling, the whole time I was hurting, God was involved. I'm aware today that God was a part of the whole process, and I am where I am because of the presence of God. You know, you come into the house of the Lord, and we come in with our own stinking thinking. We come in with our own way of thinking. But when you're around the house of God and you're in the presence of God, let me tell you something, without even realizing it, he begins to elevate the way that you think. He begins to elevate the way that you speak. He begins to elevate your understanding. And, and before long, you look around and go, man, I didn't even realize what God was doing through that situation. I didn't even realize what was going on. It's because you were at the house of God. And when you're in the house of God, it's a place of awareness. It's a place of authority. It's a place of authority. Look at verse 12. It says, a ladder was set up on the earth. And its top reached the heaven, and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it. Aren't you grateful that regardless of what we're going through, some of us are on the mountaintop today. We got the victory. Some of us are just struggling right now. We don't understand why we're going through what we're going through. But don't you, aren't you glad that regardless of where we are right now, God's above it all? He's above it all. You see pictures of this in Acts chapter 10. There's a man by the name of Cornelius. He's a Gentile. And this is the first, first Gentile to receive the Holy Spirit. And the, and the Bible begins to describe that he saw a vision clearly and an angel of God coming to him and saying, Cornelius, Cornelius. What, what, what was he seeing in his prayers? Look, look what it says. It says, Cornelius, your prayers. Next one. Your prayers and your good deeds or alms have come up as a memorial before God. What was he seeing? What was he seeing? He was seeing his prayers and generosity. The things that he had done were being brought up to God as a memorial. What, what, was, what do you mean a memorial? Well, these angels were saying, hey man, God, Cornelius, this man's praying. He, he's, he needs you right now. He, he needs, he's, 
he's making his requests, and the angels are bringing, his re- bringing their requests, but they're also saying, man, don't, God, don't forget Cornelius, all of his years of sacrifice, all of the things that he's done, all of, all of his good deeds, and now, God, he's in a position of need. That's what angels are doing for you today. Your, your, your deeds and, and your requests are being brought to the authority. Angels are bringing them before God and they're saying, God, God, look, look at the things that your servant Johnny did and he needs your help right now. Look at, look at, look at Jacqueline. This, your servant Jacqueline has this request and she's been faithful, she's been loyal and they're presenting your request and God is, God is saying, that's right. Yes, that's right, I remember. And he's saying, you know what, let me give some authority. Let me give some, let me give some favor right now. And he's giving the favor and the angels are descending back down that ladder and they're coming to you and they're giving you victory and they're giving you favor and they're giving you power and they're giving you supernatural, and and you're saying, God, I need help, I need blessing, and they're going back up to God, God, your servant needs blessing, they're ascending up on that ladder, God, you're you're the only one that can answer this, and God's saying, oh, I remember my servant, I remember what they did, their faithfulness, I'm gonna give them some power, I'm gonna give them the ability to overcome, I'm gonna give them the ability to conquer, and the angels come down, I've gotta bring tidings of great joy, God has given you what what you've asked and what you've desired, it's a place of authority, aren't you glad that regardless if you're on the mountaintop or in the valley that God is there he stands above it all whether I'm in struggle whether I'm in triumph God is Lord of all he's above it all and so when I come into God's house I'm reminded that he's 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 altogether perfect that he's altogether uh, a powerful that he, that he's that he's still God that regardless of my situation he's unmoved he's unmatched he's all-powerful he's ever-present He's always mindful. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He watches over me. The earth is the Lord's and all that's in it. There's no authority that can take him down. There's no force that can keep him away. His power's there for me. Thank God it's Sunday. I can go to the authority. The one who gets the final say. It's a place of security. Jacob stands up and he says, how awesome is this place? He's rested. He's got a dream on the inside. He recognizes who God is. And he, he, he can't believe all of this stuff. And he says, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. You know, God lives in a gated community. You know that? He lives in a gated community. Some friends of ours, IJ and Neme, they also live in a gated community. So whenever we have to go to their house, we have to kind of remember the access code. You know what I mean? Because, because when, you, when you live in a gated community, not anybody can just get in. It provides security. The house of God is a place of security. So you can see through the bars and you can see kids playing and you can see the houses and you can see all of the community and stuff going on. But if you don't have the access code, you're not getting in. It's the same with God. God lives in a gated community. Thank God there's a gate. Thank God there's a gate. It's a gated community. Gates also open. They open up. So when I go to IJ and Emmy's house, I have to have their code. And it's, it's like, I don't want to tell you it because I don't know if they'd, they'd like that. But it's four numbers and a pound sign. Gate opens up and you can go right on in. I mean, we have the access code. Thank God it's Sunday. And we have the access code. 
And all of a sudden, I feel the presence of God. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm aware of a ladder that's reaching from earth to heaven. And I begin to climb in praise. And I begin to climb in thanksgiving. And I realize, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I praise you. Somebody shout praise the Lord. Lord, we thank you, God. Lord, we worship you. We thank you, Lord, that we can come, Lord, to a certain place. Lord, a strong foundation, a rock, an anchor. Lord, it's a certain place. It's a place I can lay my life down. Lord, it's a place I can serve. It's a place that will stand the test of time. Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you I can rest in this place. I can dream in this place. Lord, Lord, you brought me into this place to give me access, to make me aware. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you for that. Lord, for the authority. Lord, that you get the final say, God. Lord, that I can be secure in your presence, that I can come into heaven today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Oh, come on, I can see the light. Come on. I can see the light in the darkness. As the darkness bows to him, I can hear the roar in the heavens. As the space between whispers, I can feel the ground shake beneath us. As the prison walls came in, nothing stands between us. from the enemy it's a lie from hell it's a lie we need the church we need the physical church a place where we can go we can access the presence of God a place where our dreams come together so what you're seeing right this is dreams coming together man God gave you a dream the church what we want if we're giving you permission to dream permission to get out what's in your heart but let me tell you something when you dream and I dream I, there's a place that's certain, that's there, that's not shaken, that's not going down. It's the house of God. Thank God it's Sunday. Some of you in this room today, you're like, man, why, what's, what's, why are these people so excited for Sunday? I'll tell you why. Because one Sunday morning, our Savior was in a tomb. And on that Sunday morning, the Spirit of God woke him up. He rose from the dead, came out of that tomb, and at that moment, he conquered death, 
hell and the grave all at once. And because of that moment, I'm, I can rest in the finished work of Jesus. I don't have to, I don't have to access heaven on my own merit because everyone knows that won't work. But I get to access heaven based on the righteousness that God gave me. How did, how did I get the righteousness of God? I'll tell you how. I confess that I'm a sinner. I confess that, man, I can't do it on my own. I confess that I needed a savior and I invited Jesus into my heart. And when I did that, my life was changed. It was immediately changed. I've never been the same, never been the same. And that same thing can happen to you. Maybe you're here today, you say, you know what? I wanna, I wanna invite Jesus into my life on this Sunday. I want this Sunday to be an awakening for me. I want this Sunday my life to change. I tell you how that happens. You do the same thing I did. You confess, Lord, I messed up. Lord, I've done a lot of things wrong, but I need a Savior, and you're my Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross. Maybe you're here today. You say, you know what? I want to give my life to Jesus. That's you. Just raise your hand all over this room, all over this room, side to side, front to back. Come on. Maybe just lift it up nice and high. You say, I want to give my life to Jesus. Raise it up. Raise it up. Maybe you're here today. You say, you know what? I see that hand right there. Anybody else? you say that's me maybe you're here you say you know what I haven't been living for God I, I've fallen away from God but I want to return back to God thank God it's Sunday where I can come back to Jesus maybe you're here you say that's me I want to give my life to Jesus raise your hand raise your hand nice and high let me see it this morning I want to pray with you anybody at all anybody at all front to back side to side Kyle come down here I want to pray with you come on I met Kyle this morning amen amen you know Today, God's gonna, God's gonna touch your life. All of heaven goes nuts when somebody gives their life to Jesus, and that's what's gonna happen right now. All of us have sinned, Kyle. We've all made mistakes. We've all blown it. We're all disqualified, you know what I mean? But thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Sunday where Jesus died on the cross, shed his blood, was in the tomb for three days, rose again. He rose again, and if it was only for you, he would have done it. That's how much he loves you. And so we're gonna pray this prayer and God's gonna touch you. It's gonna change you. From this point on, you'll become a new creation. Old things pass away, everything's new, fresh. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you today for going to the cross, taking my sin. I thank you for shedding your blood and sacrificing yourself so that I could be forgiven. I invite you into my life and I make a decision today that from this day forward, I'm serving you. I'm living for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lord, I pray for Kyle right now. Thank you for this, this, this young man, his decision for you. Thank you, Lord, for the, the work you're doing in his heart. Even now, I pray, God, that you touch him. Lord, let him re recognize the difference, the change, the miracle that's transpiring even now, even now in his life. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. Come on, do that. Let me give the Lord some praise. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Oh, maybe right now, you could just right where you're at, just close your eyes and say, God, thank God it's Sunday. Thank God it's Sunday. Thank you, Lord, for Sunday. Can you do that? Lift your hands all over this room. Come on. Let's worship the Lord. Thank God it's Sunday. Lord, thank you that there's a certain place, Lord, where I can come and worship you, Lord. God, there's a place, Lord God, where I, where I, I can rest in you, God, where I can dream big dreams, Lord. Thank you that there's a place where there's access, Lord, where there's an awareness, God. Thank you there's a place of authority and security. God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, God, in Jesus' name.
Time. 